welcome to You and I Make a Thing. I'm your host, Thomas Butel. In this episode, I've invited my friend Michael to create something that both of us have never attempted before. The project? Well, that's revealed in the first half of the episode. Our shared journey of making something new is all about pushing our own boundaries and overcoming creative challenges. Stick around for the second half where we reveal our creation, share our experiences, and talk about the roadblocks we hit along the way. As always, pictures of our work are available on this episode's show notes. Just visit youandimakeathing.com to see them. I hope you'll enjoy listening to our conversation and hearing about what it feels like to create something completely new. My guest today is Michael Tarnoff. Michael is a painter, a mixed media artist, as well as a photographer and all around creative person. Welcome, Michael. Thank you for having me, Thomas. Yeah, I'm glad to have you. Michael, I'm curious, before we get started, I want to know if there's some creative project that you've been working on or you're planning to work on right now? Well, I, you know, with COVID, things changed for me artistically as far as access to my painting space and such. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing more photography Mm -hmm. and small works. And right now we're in the mountains in the Utah area. And I've been fascinated with ice and snow and cold and what happens with nature with that. So I've been thinking about in the back of my mind, the series of photographs and just thinking about them as a series of what nature does in the cold, because I never really lived in the cold and witnessed it. Right. There's just fascinating things like when the fog comes in and, and then it, the cold comes in, if there's just the right amount of humidity, mm-hmm. ice, ice crystals form everywhere. Yeah. And it, it's just, it's magic. So I'm just kind of keeping my eyes open for that and just being witness to the magic that nature creates. Well, that's great. That sounds like a real process of discovery. It is. It is. Uh, the, uh, I love that you say that because where I, I got most of my art learning from, not so much teaching, but learning, uh, I'll call it, uh, mm-hmm. was at O'Hanlon Center for the Arts in Mill Valley. Mm-hmm. And the, the founder, Anne O'Hanlon, one of, her, one of my favorite sayings of hers was, exploration comes first. <laughs> right. Di- discovery perhaps later. Ah, and it just—it's so true when it comes to art and life. Yeah. Um, so it's really this really is a process of exploration and discovery. With I mean, the medium is is nature and and the cold and what how it's so much different from the 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 temperate Bay Area. Right. Right. Yeah. And I've been following you on Instagram, and and your photographs have been just brilliant. Thank you. For my listeners, I'll put um, a link to Michael's Instagram in the show notes. Well, exploration, I think, is a good segue into what we're going to be doing today, which is uh, you and I make a thing. And as you know, what my goal here is, is to come up with something that we can do together, either same thing that we do in parallel or something that we actually collaborate on. And Michael, so... Prior to our conversation today, I've asked you to come up with three things that you might be interested in doing, and I've done the same. And what I was thinking of is that we'd just bounce back and forth with our ideas, and then we'll see if we can coalesce on something that sounds like fun. How how about that? That sounds great. Why did you start with something that's on your list? Okay. Let me preface it with saying that I 
when you asked me to think of these things, it actually was harder than I thought it was going to be. Uh huh. And I, I, I couldn't, because I'm just, I, I'm so spontaneous with my art. I actually never think about what I want to do ahead of time. Uh-huh. I just sort of let the process flow with what in the, in that moment. Okay. I mean, I might know ahead of time I'm going to draw just because of you know whatever's happening. But right, right. Um, so this was this was very different for me. So the first thing I thought of, and these were all things, at least a couple of them were things that I've I've always I've always thought about, but I have mm-hmm. never done. Uh-huh. The first one was doing encaustic painting, which is painting with paint that is mixed with wax, and it sort of creates on on a, like a panel. And it creates this dreamy kind of thing. And I've never done it before. I don't know how to do it. Uh-huh. And I don't, know, I don't even know if it's practical. But it was the very first thing I thought of because I've always wanted to try it. So I do follow a number of artists. And I've seen a number of encaustic paintings. And they are sort of dreamy. They're sort of lots of different colors flowing and mixing. And that's what you're, you're talking about, right? Right. I mean, you, could, you can do realistic stuff. I'm not a realistic painter, but one could do that. Uh-huh. Uh, with the encaustic painting. Yeah. But I it just sounds like so much fun. I <laughs> it would be quite an exploration and discovery process. So I'm curious is the is the wax hot or Yes, yes. Oh, it's oh, it's hot wax. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And then you're I mixing I, I, maybe like oil paints or something. Yeah, I think or or acrylic. I don't I I actually have no idea. I think you can do acrylic. Uh-huh. May have to wear a mask. I would imagine, yes. Yeah. <laughs> sounds interesting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I love sort of dreamy and very colorful palettes and drawings, and they don't need to be realistic at all. I just, I, I myself, I don't know how you, Michael, but I really respond to color a lot. I, yeah. I'm yeah. a colorist. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's bookmark that one and, and let's okay. see where this goes. Sure. So on, on my list, I, I've been fascinated with, with assemblage, you know, uh, like box uh-huh. assemblage, uh, yeah. Joseph Cornell type. Mm. And I've noticed that there are at least a, a couple artists out there that are, that are doing, I guess, what they call small box assemblage. They'll take these little boxes that your iPhone comes in, or even smaller, like little jewelry boxes. And then using found art, they'll put an assemblage together. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Um, I've, I've dabbled in that a tiny bit, maybe one or two in my, my Saturday art class at the uh-huh. center uh, over the, over the 20 plus years that I was there. Yeah. Uh, and it was fun. It's, it's an interesting process to use found yes. art as opposed to, I guess the best way to put it is, is, is like starting with an idea. Correct. It's that exploration thing really. It's like, yes. okay, yes. let's see what, what happens there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, love it. What's what's next on your list? Okay, my next one is to I, I've never worked with Sculpey clay. Uh huh. Um, I've I've felt it and played with it, but I've actually never taken it, sculpted something out of it, baked right. it, and then painted it. Oh. And as simple as that sounds, I, I've I've never done it, and I think it would really bring out my child. <laughs> um, yeah, and and my adult at the same time to kind of co-create something a- again abstract, but um, I even looked into like, can you buy bulk kind of un- uncolored sculpty, and you can. Mm-hmm. So simple, but kind of fun. Yeah, I, I mean, I played with clay, 
but I've never fired anything before or or hardened it before. So that that sounds interesting. And then you I know, and not and not painted it after. Right. And that's the beauty of Sculpey is that you can. I guess I, you, might, you might even be able to paint it beforehand. I, I don't know. Yeah. But you 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 get you harden it in the oven. Right. So it's you don't have to you don't you don't need a kiln to do it. Right. Exactly. I like that. All right. Well, my next one is not very well defined. I just have the, the note that I have here is mail art collage. And the idea is to combine the the idea of mail art and collaging together. So it might be just a collaged postcard or or something that we put in an envelope and then just send to each other. Oh, maybe, that's fun. <laughs> yeah, maybe as a, almost like a, a like a call and response type of thing. Oh my goodness! Huh? <laughs> you know that I could envision doing it together. Where you start one, uh-huh. and 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 then you send it partially completed, right? And then you respond. Oh, and yeah, back and forth. Uh huh. Yeah, maybe like a little folded book where the where the pages are things that we fill in with collage, or like Ooh. a like a zebra fold. Not no something. What's the name where they where you fold it? Accordion, like an accordion fold. That's what right. I meant. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 it sounds like a neat idea. All right. What What's the last one on your list? All right. Hopefully, you know uh, the artist Chuck Close. I don't. No. Tell so me. He He did self portraits, mm-hmm. huge self portraits, and what he did was he narrowed down and magnified into little. He would make a little grid pattern. Mm-hmm. So maybe it would be a nine foot by six foot self-portrait right yeah but he would make grids that were maybe one inch by two one inch or two inch by two inch mm-hmm. and he would zoom in on the photograph and see what the, the swirl pattern or color pattern might look like right and he would paint that in each little box and so he would he would abstractly build this grid with swirls and colors and then when you step back it became a, a portrait Wow, which was uh, I was always fascinated by it, and I've I I thought that would be fun to do like self portraits of each other. Yeah, and they you know obviously we're not going to do nine by, by seven feet, so maybe a nine <laughs> by twelve or something that can be mailed easily. Right, um, right. But you can get a small grid on a mm. nine by twelve, and and just kind of you just take a uh, zoom in on a photograph, and yeah. and and instead of drawing as though you're drawing a face, you just draw what's in that grid, the kind of the shapes right. and the colors as best you can. Mm-hmm. And then you move on to the next grid. And then you sort of end up with, you know, it's, it's not always going to be this pretty image, which is kind of fun. Uh, not all of his were either. He, he celebrated the ones that were kind of goofy looking too. Right. So I, I uh, it's his last name, C L O S E first name, Chuck. I highly recommend you, Google him and see if you yeah yeah I will we do it this time or not but that would be fun. To try. I can I've been playing with Procreate on the iPad, mm-hmm. and I can totally see how you could you know have the yes the photo then have another layer that is the grid, and then you just pinch open oh, and then have yes. another layer where you then 
do the drawing in in different brushes and different whatever. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I would actually know how to, I would love to know how to do that too, because I don't know how to mix photo and drawing together in, in digital format. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I mean, I'm just thinking about this. This is something that we could share easily yes. over, over email, right? Or just file right. sharing or whatever. Right. Uh, to get going. Okay. Well, <laughs> I have, I'm chuckling a little bit because my last one is like somewhat related. And I don't even know what I was thinking here. I just wrote down the words wild selfies. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess the image, the image that comes to mind is like, I live 20 minutes from the beach. So I'd probably go down on the beach and just do, you know, wild poses or jump up in the air. Or I don't know what it might be. Mm. So that's, that's, that's fun too. Yeah. You know, the, the other, I mean, we can each uh, expand on that too, but I want to throw this into the mix just for, for you and the listeners. The, I've been on Instagram. There's some, some amazing artists on Instagram. It's just, I really just use Instagram for following artists. And there are a group, many photographers who do what's called intentional camera movement. Mm -hmm. And they purposely move their camera to yeah. create visual effects oh right and there are some that are i mean they're like gorgeous abstract paintings they're so beautiful they're holding the shutter open is that what they're doing i i'm not sure i okay. I, I generally only take photographs with my iphone because even though i have very nice equipment the phone just fits in my pocket and i usually right. take photographs when i go hiking so right the and only it's way so I've, good actually it's actually quite good <laughs> the the only way I've been able to do it is at night when the iPhone has a longer exposure and I can play with right. moving it. So you kind of, there would be some exploration into how do you get enough light, but not too much light. And, but those would be some wild selfies for sure. That would be fun to try that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think we have six fantastic ideas and, and yeah. I, I felt a lot of energy around the, all of them. Yes. So I'm curious now what, which one did you feel a lot of energy around in particular? I have one that I did. I think the one that I I got the most energy around as much because I think it, it combined a couple of what we talked about and the ease of sharing was this idea of these sort of Chuck Close style or wild painted selfies using Procreate. I agree. And a grid and a photograph and it just, we can share. There's, you know, constantly in progress sharing, and yeah, it's it's digital makes it very easy to do it. Yep. Yeah, uh, since since I'm, you know, we're 800 miles apart, so yeah, I I totally agree. That's the one that I just felt. Wow, okay, that that's an that's something that I've never done before, and yeah, and I I can totally see. I can I can already visualize how I might be doing it. At least, if, you know, for me working on Procreate on the iPad. Do Do you have Procreate? I don't, but I suppose I can get it. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not, it's not that expensive. I think it's yeah. just, if I remember right, I think it's just $9.95 or something oh, like okay. that. Oh, yeah. okay. We'll have to no, check. I can definitely get it. Like wow. Michael, this, this went really quick, which I'm delighted <laughs> about. And I'm also yeah. just, I'm just excited about, like, all of these ideas were really good. Yeah. Um, I oh, mean, fun. I definitely was sort of imagining something I might 
be making in in Sculpey. And the <laughs> encaustic painting sounds very interesting as well. Yeah. But I think we found something that is is actually really exciting here. Um, I do too. And, and and as a tangent, you know, this could be expanded to many people. Yeah. Where you take any photograph, it could be and it could be a photograph of somebody that we don't even know, mm -hmm. and you divide it into nine. So you would need nine different people. You divide it into nine sections, mm -hmm. and then each person takes that, and they have to be exactly the same size. Yeah. And then each person takes that, and then we all agree on the size of the grid that we're going to use. Mm -hmm. And then we each do one ninth of it, and mm -hmm. all we're focuses on our little piece. Right. And then you bring them all together and see how they form. <laughs> it's like a that's quilt. a lot of fun too. Yes, that's a lot of fun too. So. Well, Michael, thank you for this offer. I I'm just oh, I, I'm so gonna welcome. I'm gonna go and and look up Chuck Close now and see. Oh, uh, for sure. Yeah. See what he's come up with. Okay. Yeah. All right, very good. We'll be in touch as far as the logistics and all that kind of stuff. I'm looking forward to it, Thomas. Yeah. In just a moment, I'll return with Michael to talk about how we did on our Chuck Close portrait adventure. Well, hello, Michael. How's it going? I'm, I'm well, Thomas. How are you? I'm doing great. I have to say I had such a great time with this You and I Make a Thing and creating a self-portrait on the iPad. It was a very interesting experience. Yes, I, <laughs> I could wax and wait about my experience with it. Uh, highs and lows, Yeah, um, I can go into more detail about, but it was fun. Let me read to you a quote from Chuck Close. He was a, interviewed by Cleveland, Ohio's The Plain Dealer newspaper. And he made a choice in 1967 to make art hard for himself and force a personal artistic breakthrough by abandoning the paintbrush. He said, quote, I threw away the tools. I chose to do things I had no facility with. The choice not to do something is in a funny way more positive than the choice to do something. If you impose a limit to not do something you've done before, it'll push you to where you've never gone before. Quote. When I read that, I thought, wow, that's exactly what we were doing here, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> that's great. I'm always delighted when I read you know, the thought processes of artists that I follow and admire, and, and in this case, learned about, that sort of mirror some thinking that was going on in my mind, in this case, about going places that I've never gone before, so. Yeah, this process that we took was, well, by nature, by design, it was new to each of us, and there were aspects that I love and aspects that I struggled with. It was a very, very different process from how I normally create. We'll expand on that. How did you feel at the very beginning, you know, after we had talked? I was, there was a, so the combination of uh, 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 excitement and also newness. I really hadn't, I think I had purchased Procreate mm -hmm. another recommendation years ago. Yeah. I'd never done anything with it. 
Mm-hmm. And so there was a learning curve. Mm-hmm. And I just went to YouTube videos and you may, you may have said some videos as well. So I learned how to, you know, have the background photos so that I could and then adjust it, things with that and choosing the grid size. And then it was a matter of the different pens and such. It was all very new to me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure, you know, to get to where I am, I, I think I probably, I've learned maybe one or 2% of what you can do with Procreate. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I started with sort of the, the elements that I felt most comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So my creative process is completely different from this. I never draw something that I think I want to draw or the, the idea of what I'm going to draw mm-hmm. is never there. It's never a specific thing. I draw more from stream of consciousness or in the present, or I must be channeling something. I, don't, I actually don't know what, where it comes from. Right. And it just comes out of me. And I often make myself go into a very healthy struggle, if you will, so that I can get myself out of it. Or mm. my heart goes through many iterations. It's always abstract. Sometimes it turns into a really cool abstract image that does look like something, but that's not the intent or it's, that's more of a, of a fun mm-hmm. ending. Mm-hmm. So mine is always, I'm never intending to do anything other than just be with the creative process of art and let it flow. Yeah. And that's what, that's my charge. I just, it, it, I mean, it's just the greatest feeling, feeling in the world. So this felt, this really felt different for you. Completely different because I yeah. was doing something. So it was in the beginning, there was a push pull on. How do I do it so that I I can have still creative process that's flowing, and actually draw something? And I just started to let go of what I was drawing mm-hmm. and get into the meditative movement of following the lines and letting my hand move with the you know, the Apple pencil mm-hmm. on my iPad. And it was fun in segments where I would get lost, where when there weren't any lines to follow. Mm-hmm. And so I was split to where well, do I make it up or do I zoom in more or do I make the background image darker so I can see it? It was just, it was, it was a, you know, there was a lot of uh, mistakes. There was a huge chunk where I put it all in the wrong layer. I put it on the, <laughs> put a bunch of my drawing on the actual, the photograph layer. Yeah. That was lost. So I had to draw it again, which was fun. Again, this was all a good learning process. Right. But I think I went through a, a doldrum with it for a couple of reasons, which was really fascinating. One was that I, except for my really large paintings, I don't spend a lot of time on one art piece. Mm, mm-hmm. I usually, it, it could be a few hours to many hours, right. but then I will move on to the next art piece. Right. Even with some of my canvases, it can be like that. With my large canvases, you know, like four feet by seven feet, mm-hmm. I will spend months, if not a year, mm. working on them, mm-hmm. you know, once a week, twice a week. They just go through that many iterations and it takes that long to do it, quite frankly. With this, you know, it's just an iPad, the size of an iPad, right? 100 by yeah. 100 grid. Yeah. I would get to a point where I realized my arc for creating it was done. So I'd have to recreate a new arc. It made me look at piece differently. It made me look at the process differently and more, at first, more constricting and like, oh, why is this like this? And then... After I got rid of that voice, or I, I let that voice speak, and then I said, okay, what's mm-hmm. next? It was more, how do I, you know, I'm creating something really cool here. I'm, I'm creating something representational that I 
I'm not focused on that because I'm only focused on each little grid. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to pour my creativity into each grid. And when I zoom back out, we'll see what it looks like. Um, and I'm not even, I'm not even done with mine, which is kind of exciting. So <laughs> I, I, I think it looks great as it is already. I mean, to me, it has almost like a quilt feel to it. <laughs> yes, you're right. Which I think is, is fabulous. I want to know more about what you mean by arc. I want you to elaborate on what you mean by arc. Does that mean like the arc of getting into a creative or an in inspired moment? Is that what that means? So for me, art in what I'm doing, art, what I'm creating, there's, it's undefined as far as time. Mm -hmm. And when I'm doing something that's not intentionally representational, mm -hmm. that's just a free flow, I just follow the arc. So I'll just start drawing and, and, and usually it builds on itself sort of this beginning, you have the set of space, right? Sometimes mm -hmm. You know, with or without music, but you have to you have to get into it. It's a process, actually. Sometimes you, it just comes immediately, and you're just you're in the flow within the first few seconds. Would Would you say that there's like an act one, act two, act three? Is that what you're getting at, or is it? There is. It sounds to me that there's like beginning, middle, and end. Yes. And when you were at the end, you were a little bit. Mm, I don't want to say lost, but I would say it was the middle. Oh, oh, I see. In the beginning, I got into the flow. I got excited about it. And then I yeah. thought when I, when I spent as much time as I did figuring out the pens and, and, and working on this little bit, and I zoomed out and I thought, oh boy, I, I just spent an hour and I barely done, I felt like I barely did anything. I thought, wow, this is going to take way longer than I thought it was, <laughs> which is why I contacted you and said, we're going to need more time here, yeah. um, which you graciously agreed to. And so I think my middle got... I don't know what the right word is. I don't know if it's interrupted, but the flow was changed. Mm, mm -hmm. And at first I resisted it because I just, I naturally flow oh. when I create. I've never had an interruption before. Yeah. But I, I still held the first act because it was all, it's always, that's the beauty of art, right? Your first act is always there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unless you pick up a new piece of paper. And so it was just a very long middle for me. Hmm. I'm coming to the, it almost feels like in this piece, I'm coming to the end of one arc and beginning another, or I've done that multiple times on this piece. It's, it's actually forced me to do that from the way that I normally create to the way to create. Uh, so two things, both with the, the fact that we're, we're doing something that's intentionally representational and in a grid, right? So mm -hmm. we're limiting what we yeah. do. And also I don't do that much creation digitally. Feeling the paper or the canvas, yeah. feeling the pencil or the pen, that and feeling the friction mm -hmm. as that moves across. Really, that tactile feeling. That tactile it. feeling is so important. I didn't realize how yeah. important it was until, yeah. I, we got, until we got deeper into this. I've done shorter drawings on the iPad. Mm -hmm. And those were, those were short arcs, you know, an hour, maybe two at most. But when it gets longer, I'm, I'm missing that sound of the pencil, right? right. I'm going to draw right now. Just yeah. that. That, that that sound when you're when you're hatching or when you're shading. I'm still drawing right now because it's kind of it's fun. There's this element that I was missing a, a connection to the piece of art that I I am still learning how to let go of the 
friction that happens with mm-hmm. in-person art. That's, mm-hmm. that's, what, that's what the right word is. Yeah. Versus the immediacy of when the pen touches the pad, it's, it's creating something. And the, obviously the, the, the Apple Pencil, if you, whether it's angled or whether you pressure, it does change things, but I'm still, it's all very new. Right. And then the fact that we were doing the, the grid and you're, we're essentially starting over with every grid. Yes. Yes. I, I can see where that sort of lost feeling in the middle of it is like, oh, okay, I just did something and now I'm starting again. And <laughs> almost like Groundhog Day. <laughs> in a way yeah so you know i i experience a lot of the same thing in mine i i laughed when you said oh i was i starting to paint on the wrong layer i can't tell you how many times i've started to paint the wrong layer (laughs) Uh, and in fact i did finish mine a little bit earlier and just recently i opened up the ipad again because i needed to save it and send it to you and I realized I was trying to move it around, and I realized that instead of moving it around, I was painting again. It's like, uh-oh, you know, and frantically undoing. <laughs> but there were a couple strokes that weren't in the undo stack anymore. And so I actually now have to go back and fix a few of the grids because I accidentally painted over them. No. And, <laughs> and so, or maybe I'll leave it there. I don't know. It yeah, looks, I think so. It, it kind of looks goofy to me, but, you know. Okay. It's just how it is, right? When, mm-hmm. when you see something that other people maybe not see or they see it right. differently. But there was, it, it. so learning the layers was an interesting process. And also it just, it tripped me up quite a bit. It was nice that Procreate does have a grid feature. Yes. That kind of made it easy. That was great. So for me, I felt it, it was also a little bit weird, like painting over a picture of me. Yes. And so it took me a while before that photo of me staring back at me sort of just faded into the background. It took me a while for just to say, oh, okay, I'm just, you know, I'm doing a process here. Right, right. The thing that never went away for me, though, were the eyes and the mouth. I mean, that's sort of where, you know, our brains focus on, on eyes and mouth. And that's the part that I had to, like, go over several times, like, okay, that mouth doesn't look right. I need to start again. So I ended up spending a lot of time on, on the eyes and the mouth specifically to try to f- find something that, that would translate into this, you know, gridded picture. Yeah. I'm curious, did you have an aha moment at any point where it's like, oh. I, I, uh, well, I had a few of them. The biggest one was, you know, when you're drawing or painting on top of a photograph, it always looks fuller and more complete mm-hmm. until you turn off the photo layer. Right. And then you, and then it's obviously it's, it's clearer. It's white behind everything that's, hey, you haven't drawn on. Yeah. Plus all of your ink colors now look different. Yeah. So my, I, my, I think my biggest aha moment was early on when I remembered to turn off the photo layer and I saw all these crazy lines. I was maybe 10% done. Mm-hmm. I saw all these crazy lines and, and these weird colors. I'm thinking, where, where is this coming from? Like, and I could see that it was sort of my, my nose and part of my eye. Oh, I hate that. I think I started right in, my, in, that, in that part of my face. Mm-hmm. But it was shocking to think like, oh, these colors don't look anything like my photo. <laughs> like the, I couldn't yeah. figure, and I still can't figure out how you get the right color. That's a mystery still to me. 
Yeah. But there was that moment. And I think that my hair, which is in the, in the photo is, is big and curly. Uh-huh. That's been kind of a wonderful struggle to get the way I want it to look, which I don't actually know what that is yet. It's more of a feel mm-hmm. to try to figure out how to make it look something like what I think I want it to look like without actually knowing what that is. Right. I don't, I don't actually have the answer yet because I don't, I haven't seen it, but yeah, I've gone through my hair twice now and I'm still only about 50%. I don't even know if I'm 50% done because I still want to play with it. Right. My, my, my hair actually has lots of different colors in it. Uh-huh. Uh, shades. It almost looks like it's um, highlighted. Yeah. So that's actually really hard. And so the, the, the kind of the aha moment is, and I've always felt this way, even when I've, you know, you see great paintings by uh, Sargent or um, forgetting all the great painters at the moment in my head, but hair is always one of the most amazing things that artists mm-hmm. are able to, to do. And I, I've always been in awe of it. And doing it now, I can see why, because it's, it's such a facet, it's such a fine thing to zoom in on and try to, to, to do in blocks. Well, I think you did a great job as far as what I'm seeing so far. Thank you. And to our listeners, you're welcome to go to the show notes and you'll see both of our, our portraits there. You've selected some washes for sort of the base color and then you have some sort of fine line work that uh, almost uh, to me looks like, you know, the terrain maps that have the elevations and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. Well, I am uh, a civil engineer. There you go. Maybe <laughs> so that's where out, it comes from. <laughs> I think it comes out naturally. <laughs> yeah, I think it's great. <sighs> so I had a few aha moments. One was is that I made an, a layer specifically for swatches because there's a way in Procreate where you just tap down on a color and hold and it'll pick up that color. I picked that up from a YouTube so that was sort of a, a, a nice little discovery for me was, oh, yeah, create a swatch layer because otherwise those colors ain't coming back. <laughs> you know, if you're using, like I used a pen that was called bleach, and so it's not the full color. It's sort of a, a runny, stained version of that color that I was using. I, I want to hear your other aha, aha moments, but I'm, now I'm excited to go find that feature because I was looking for something where I could use like an eyedropper to grab a previous mm. color and I just I couldn't figure it out. The reason mine is a myriad of different colors is because I was trying to guess what they, what color to use each time I picked. Oh, the right, right. The other one that I used is the color tool has something called harmony mode, where you can pick a, a pair of complementary colors or a triad of colors. And so I was using triads in in mine. I was sort of filling my squares with like a a base color and then covering it with a complementary color yeah. and and then putting a a dot in the middle to change the grayscale value like the density yeah so so my thought was okay i'm going to create some complementary colors and then put the dots in to sort of change the value the overall value when you pull back interesting i'm looking at yours right now mm-hmm it's so great. It has elements of uh, Andy Warhol. Mm. And f- and for the hair, I just did short strokes. I didn't really spend so much time on it because, That's brilliant. you know, I was 
I had had to do my beard and then I had to do my curly hair. What I decided there is I would do strokes, but I, the strokes would remain within the grid. So I wasn't taking the st strokes beyond each grid. So each grid was sort of self-contained in terms of that. And I just tried to make sure that I was following the, like the direction of the hair. Yeah. Are your grids and your, your squares of colors, are those at a different layer from your hair? No, and, okay. but I should have. <laughs> so I think that one of the things I learned here was is that layers are good, you know, and the more layers you do, the better. Right. And definitely when you leave it, leave it on a layer that, that you can, you know, erase stuff on. <laughs> because I, I left it on my main layer and then, like I said, I came back later and I was trying to move it around and I was actually painting over. It's like, oh, no. Well, yeah. and you kind of created it. You created a grid. Like you can, de you, your grid is is defined on your your painting, right? And you mentioned how, like, when you took away the photograph layer, that it changed. And so I actually had to create a background layer that was sort of a neutral, like fifty percent gray. Uh, and I played with that a little bit, and I made it really dark and made it light. But I I finally sort of settled on sort of yeah. in that middle fifty percent gray as a background because otherwise to me the photo didn't look dense enough or or yeah i guess that's the way to to say it well and you're you you, you it's gray background on well and the, the listeners will have to look at the images but you're the, the from your shoulders up there's one background and then down below you've got white there's lots of white that's in there that really helps break up it mm -hmm. creates tension and helps divide your painting mm -hmm. um, really nicely. Yeah, I didn't, that wasn't intentional. That wasn't intentional. Oh, it, it's <laughs> I was fantastic. Just, I, thank you. I was just following the photograph. So I'd taken the photograph in my bathroom and there's a, there's a yellow wall behind me. And so that's why it shows that color. And then the, the, the shirt, you know, was a sort of a darker gray shirt. Will the photographs be on the notes as well so they can see what it looks like or just the images? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. great. Good. Yeah. How did you choose the colors for your face and your hair? You, you wanted a more abstract and fun direction. Yeah, sort of an orange-ish color. I was contemplating to actually to do like a, like a bluish or greenish but I just, I thought, well, that might look a little bit too ghoulish. So I, I went with a warm color. I had to play with the colors a little bit, definitely. Well, it's, it's, yours is definitely playful. Yeah, thank you. It was also a playful pose. That was kind of fun to, to do the pose. <laughs> <laughs> so, Michael, what would you say or recommend to someone who was going to try this or something similar to this? I would say, well, okay, I was going to say learn the tools, et cetera, but one of the things that I learned from where I kind of learned how to create and see and perceive O'Hanlon Center for the Arts in Mill Valley was that it's all about seeing and perceiving and kind of developing that muscle mm -hmm. and letting go of what we've learned in school or media or whatever that art is this one thing and it's perfect and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. I would throw all that out the window or set it aside, depending on your feelings on it and let 
mistakes happen and let them be a part of your piece because it's a part. It's a, you're creating a part of you. You're yeah. creating a journal mm -hmm. entry, and so you can, you know, there is no. I used to know an artist who, um, if she didn't like something, she would stick it under the sink, and then turn on the water and, and let the stuff wash off until she's kind of saw a, a cool part of it that she wanted to keep. And then she would pull it away and dab it dry and, and then continue. Yeah. You, the erase tool can look like that, but I think that I've spent most of my now 24 years drawing mm -hmm. and creating hardly ever using an eraser and mm -hmm. just building on and incorporating mistakes. Mm -hmm. And it, if you really like something, don't let it rule painting or what you're creating yeah and you know kind of have fun with this and let it you know choose your grid size carefully because it makes a big difference in how long it's going to take yeah sure does um but it's i've i'm fascinated by what i i would uh, not in my lifetime would i ever create something like this unless i had agreed to do it with you yeah because i would have lost interest and i was like you know I, I this isn't for me but because you asked me and me i agreed and we you know, made this challenge for ourselves, I stuck to it. So um, make it so that you know how much time it's going to take and then give yourself the time to do it because it's a really fun process. And and what embedded in what you just said there is make it a collaboration. Yes. There's something about creating art in collaboration that really is a little bit different than when you're just sitting by yourself in your studio. I mean, we did this by ourselves, but we were still doing it in collaboration and it, uh -huh. it makes all the difference in the world. I 100% agree. Yeah. And I also wanted to say that there is really something personal about doing a self-portrait, you know? Yes. It's, it's different. It really feels different. It's like, yes, yes. You know, that's me. It's, yeah, it's is a, that, is that it's a version like? of me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Michael, Thank you so much for this. This was this was a real delight, and I'm glad we went through this. I'm looking forward to seeing how yours evolves. Let me know as it evolves, and Absolutely. at some point, if you say, "Okay, I'm done with it," then let me know as well. Let, love to see it. Sure. But this was really a, a fun project, and and thank you for sort of guiding us in this direction of Chuck Close. I'm so delighted to have learned about the artist and what he did. So thank you very much. Thank you for inviting me, uh, Thomas. It's been a delight. Thank you for embarking on this creative journey with us today on You and I Make a Thing. I hope the trials, triumphs, and revelations we shared ignited your own spark of creativity. Remember, art is about the process as much as it is about the product, so don't hesitate to make your own thing and embrace the challenges along the way. Connect with me on Instagram at Butelevision and tell me about your creative endeavors. And don't forget to tune in next time when I dive into another creative adventure with a new guest artist. You won't want to miss it. If you enjoyed the episode, please consider leaving a review and sharing the podcast with other art enthusiasts. Your support helps me continue to bring these creative explorations to life. Until next time, keep making, keep exploring, and keep surprising yourself.